From WUWM, Milwaukee's NPR, this is Capital Notes, a podcast about Wisconsin politics and politicians. I'm Marty Michelson. Each week, I discuss noteworthy developments with J.R. Ross, editor of WISPolitics.com. Here's our latest conversation. So, J.R., big story last week. The U.S. Supreme Court ruled that it's not the place of the federal courts to decide whether states use gerrymandering practices to redraw political district boundaries. Because of the ruling involving two other states, it looks like Wisconsin's redistricting trial this month will be canceled. A handful of Democratic voters in Wisconsin sued in 2015, alleging the boundaries that Republicans drew in 2011 unfairly diluted their vote. Now, the director of the Fair Elections Project says it's likely that any changes to how Wisconsin draws its maps would have to come from the legislature, not the courts. So what happens next? There's a very, 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 very small chance that Republican lawmakers and Governor Tony Evers could draw new maps, uh, reach an agreement. Uh, However, that's very, very unlikely. So what's probably going to happen is that after we back the census numbers in the 2020 census, they should be kicked to the courts, and the courts will draw the lines. Now, the question is going to be which court will draw those lines. Will it be the state Supreme Court, or will it be the federal courts? Um, that's a big question hanging out there that we got to watch. But ultimately, it's going to be the courts, and we've done this before. I mean, in Wisconsin, actually, we're often not, the last few decades, has had the courts draw the lines for these maps because they've had split government and been able to unreliably reach a decision. So just got to watch the courts, see what happens with them, and, and what direction they take, which is part of the reason why it was so important for conservatives to win the state Supreme Court race this spring to ensure they'll have a majority in 2021 in the state Supreme Court because the case ends up there. Republicans feel better about their chances of getting a map that's favorable to them with that kind of majority than a, a liberal one. Another big development, both houses of the Republican-controlled legislature passed their version of the state budget, and it's now in the hands of Democratic Governor Tony Evers. The GOP spent the past few months stripping Evers' policy proposals and whittling down his spending plans. Republicans are now pressing him to approve the budget and not veto the entire thing, saying it would be difficult to start over. Another option for Evers would be to amend the budget using his partial veto power. What do you think he'll do? You know, the the whole idea of the the full veto, and ask you about that, I I do think there are people in the Evers administration who believe that they could win on a full veto, that that the public is on their side, on issues such as a bigger increase for K-12 education, a, a, doing the Medicaid expansion. But if he vetoes the budget, the entire thing, the process is gonna grind to a halt because Republicans won't come back until at least October to take up any partial veto of, or even to look at a veto override or negotiate a new deal. So come October, you're talking about schools really being um, antsy about getting their increases in state aid to know what they're gonna be to set their, their, their um, their budgets. Um, local governments get really feel pressured to get their budgets done. They want to know how much aid they're going to get. So things get really you know hectic with that. And who's that going to hurt? Well, Governor Evers may have a bigger price to pay politically if that were to happen because he's kind of a new guy in the block. Um, looking big picture, you know, Governor Evers got a lot of what he wanted with this budget. Um, it's true of any governor. I mean, they set the tone with the document they produce. And by being so aggressive with the spending increases he proposed, he kind of pulled Republicans in his direction. So, yeah, you know, they cut $2.1 billion in spending out of what Evers proposed. 
but they still produce a budget that increases spending and all funds by 5.6%. That's you know, a healthy increase. So, you know, Governor Evers, the thought is that he uses that line item veto, reworks things, make it more palatable here and there, and can go out and say, hey, you know, I got these things. And then he'll continue to push for that Medicaid expansion because it's a, it's a popular idea with the public. And that's something you're going to hear about from now through the 2020 election of Democrats about this next step they want to take. Also last week, questions arose about when Foxconn will begin making LCD screens at its Racine County plant. A construction update on the state's website indicated that the building is scheduled for completion in early 2021. But that appeared to contradict the company's promise that production would begin in late 2020. Foxconn then clarified that production would start on time, but finishing touches would be made to the building in 2021. This timing question isn't the first thing to cause some people to have doubts about the project. Foxconn has changed the size of screens it plans to manufacture and at one point appeared to consider focusing on research and development instead of production. Do you think the doubts, um, do you expect the doubts to play a role in next fall's elections? The whole thing with Foxconn has become this, that there are questions if Foxconn will ever be what it was promised to be originally, which was the up to 13,000 jobs and $10 billion in investment, I think it was. Um, We just don't know. And we won't know for maybe 20 years if that plant ever produces what it originally promised. The same time, the argument goes for some people, if it becomes a thousand jobs or two thousand or three thousand or pick your number, there's still more jobs. So there can be some some economic gain out of this. It's just a question of will it ever pay off the investment that Wisconsin made in that facility. I don't know we'll know for a while. And what's gonna happen is at each step, when there is a a change in production schedule or a shift in the market, there are gonna be new questions about this project because we just won't know for a long time, and we're seeing these incremental changes that are being driven by a market that changes drastically sometimes. There's also a bet from some people I talked to in Madison that this project becomes so intertwined politically that it a lot of it depends on what happens in 2020 with the elections. I mean, Governor Walker, uh, during the, the final days of his re-election bid, unsuccessful re-election bid, he'd argued that if you want to see Foxconn come to fruition, he has to be reelected because he's got a relationship with people at Foxconn. Now, Governor Evers has tried to cultivate a relationship and will also hold the company accountable, have a positive one with that company. But looking to next fall, I mean, Donald Trump was a big piece of Foxconn coming to Wisconsin. He's touted that project. Uh, the company has talked to the president about this several times. So, you know, people are watching. What happens with President Trump? Because if it, if Trump wins, maybe Foxconn has more of an incentive to invest in that project. If Trump loses, maybe there's less of one. You know, I don't know. There's this great uncertainty about this entire thing. And it's become, again, intertwined politically with what's going on nationally that we just don't know. And it might be it might take years until we figure out what this plant is going to be or if it's worth the investment. And finally, the leader of Wisconsin's jobs agency who negotiated the Foxconn deal is stepping down. WEDEC Secretary Mark Hogan announced last week that he's leaving sometime this fall, but hasn't given an exact date. However, if it's after September 1st, it seems Governor Evers would be able to appoint his replacement. The Republican lame duck laws forbid Evers from acting any earlier than September 1st on replacing the WEDEC secretary. 
If that's the case, what do you think Mark Hogan's replacement will look like if Governor Evers gets to appoint the person? Good question. Probably somebody more in line with Governor Evers philosophically, um, politically. You know, not that Mark Hogan is a terribly partisan person, but he's a holdover from the prior administration. And so in looking at his plan departure this fall, it's probably no coincidence that it's not long after September 1st when Governor Evers has the power to replace somebody. Now, Republicans made that change to the Wiedek uh, CEO and secretary because they wanted to create some stability between the change of administrations. They wanted an opportunity for Hogan to kind of prove himself to Evers, maybe stay on because they like what he's done. But the reality is that Governor Evers is a new governor. He's got his own view of things and he probably wants his own person in the job. So it's no knock on Hogan. It's just that, you know, Governor Evers wants somebody he's worked with possibly or has a relationship with. So the thinking is that he'll find somebody more in tune with his thinking. The question is, what's that person look like? What What's that person's profile? Um, is it somebody who's going to be not the person who negotiated the Foxconn deal, for example, like Hogan, or helped negotiate it, but somebody who's going to be more of a um, critical eye about that deal? And just things like that he's got to consider, but he's got several months to figure it out before he picks that new person. That's WISPolitics.com editor J.R. Ross. You can join us each week for our conversations. And if you haven't done so already, subscribe to Capital Notes on iTunes, NPR One, or wherever you get your podcasts.